0: Yes, huh? ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've reached the MMA Lawcast episode fifty-five, <laughs> and this is Big Rob, and the rest is from my buddy Manpreet because I've just been talking about to totally talking out to of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host Manpreet aka MMA Lock of the Night and your boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. This week we are back for UFC Copenhagen, their first ever event in Denmark, headlined by a huge Danish fighter in Jack Hermansen and he's taking on Jared Kananier who's coming off a big victory, victory uh, over Anderson Silva last time around. But we're yeah. gonna be doing the casuals this week. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a video to show them because I gotta move things along a little bit. But right. you guys saw me announce this on Twitter a little bit earlier this week. I did propose to my girlfriend slash fiance. Yeah. Your man is hitched now. Is it? Oh. Is it? Is it are you hitched once you become actually married, or are hitched once you propose, buddy? What, do you, what do you What would you go with? What would you say? Right from the start. As soon as the ring goes I, on the finger, I, you're I, hitched. I agree. I agree. You're hitched, It's All the intention. Right. It's, like, so solid. Yeah. Yep, you got it. All man. right, so I'm hitched. I guess You're hitched, guys hit brother. Today. I am hitched. Um, yeah, I, I, the funny thing is, I came to Rob's place today, and it wasn't <laughs> even on my mind. Like, it wasn't one of the first things I even told him. Like, no, honestly, we talked earlier this week just to schedule the, the podcast, which yep. is why it's coming out on a Wednesday, maybe Thursday now. But, um, you know, I told him, and it did not even cross my mind to say anything to him. Cause dude, I didn't I did it didn't even cross my mind until you told me right yeah. now. And I'm like having this realization where I'm like, damn, I really, I should have got you a gift <laughs> or something. Or <laughs> nah, I, I'm yeah, having nah. like second, like, it's you know, not like that. Like, dude, I'm, I'm so happy for <laughs> you. It's f- so such, an an uh, yeah. such an important part of your life. Yeah. It happened on Saturday. I think I got all of it yeah. out of my system on the Sunday, which is why by Monday I was just like, eh, yeah, congrats, man. We cool, you know? It happened. Yeah. My girlfriend is not oh, my fiance. And I gotta she's keep awesome. fucking. She's so awesome. I gotta keep I fucking correcting myself. Great. I keep. I'm so used to saying girlfriend. I gotta say dude, fiance dude, No, you know? no, you gotta do it right? properly. <laughs> I guess I if you just pay, go with my girl, respect. Right? If you say you my girl, it's still respects. like girl is the girl's encapsulation okay, of girls. Okay, girls you okay, know, wifey, fiance, girlfriend. Wifey's okay. Wifey's a lot of respect right there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody actually even commented on that tweet that I sent out. They're like, you should have her on the lock cast in one of the episodes. I'm like, I don't know how much you'll really have to add in terms of the content in terms of MMA itself. But maybe I can get her in on the casual segment one time as well. It might be fun. Her, she, a has, she has her favorite in, in uh, Ioana and jcheck that's her favorite fighter oh, but uh, so I I, I, I teased it I did it. not know I teased it the next time she fights maybe I'll have her on the episode <laughs> just as the casuals and we can go over one of Dude, Ioana's past uh, demolishments so hey we got an extra seat right here we yeah got, we got, you know, exactly ca- the couch has two seats alright perfect we'll get, her, we'll get her on the next fucking right, well I not the it. next episode but the next time Ioana fights which that's, is actually that's I think, fair enough that's end of October so maybe end of October that's right that might be my birthday episode as well that is true <laughs> October <brother>. 22nd so <laughs> we'll see how it fucking goes along uh, go, yeah I just wanted to share that with you Big Rob I just wanted you on the episode thank but you but unfortunately I don't have anything to show you this week so we're That's just gonna right, fucking brother. roll on with the card appreciate you, you as always you're the always. best Big Rob <laughs> alright thank you let's fucking get into uh, let's get into the last card that we actually had, which was UFC Mexico City um that card, unfortunately, was marred by a very unfortunate ending in the main event. With it only going 15 seconds, you get a quick uh, eye poke. Um, a lot of people are going to say, Jeremy Stevens posted it out. I am not one of those. So that's the most I'm going to say on it because people are harping on this shit for so long. I saw one of my men, uh, one of my guys on Twitter, tweet out, uh, this is the longest people I've ever talked about a 15-second fight. That ended in a no contest, nonetheless. Uh, so it's very inconclusive, but let's get into the, 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 actual breakdown of the bets. I ended up on the night very minimally in a profit, uh, plus, uh, 0.04 units. Uh, and that was also the, you know, the, the factor of two, uh, bets that ended up being pushes. So let's get into that right now. Um, first off, I had an under two and a half, uh, 0.5 unit bet at plus 201, uh, odds on Martin Bravo against Steven Peterson, uh, I was kind of surprised to see this above plus 200, you know. Uh, you know, you may see decisions a lot on these guys' records, but if you really watch the way they fight, just like I said in the last podcast, you know that these guys are bangers. These guys love to throw on the feet, so there's always a possibility of a finish. A lot of people are saying that Steven Peterson doesn't really have knockout power, but when you match it up against a guy like Martin Bravo that's you know willing to engage in the uh, in the stand-up and get a little bit wacky at times, uh, and also has gotten knocked out in the recent, uh, most recently as well, uh, you know, you got to kind of take it especially under two and a half you know they're giving you all that time they're giving you 12 and a half minutes of a potential uh finish in a fight where both guys like to strike uh and come forward so i thought it was almost you know it was almost it was as straightforward as possible for me to take an underdog bet on that again just as i say every fucking weekend when i hit a bet i wish i put a little bit more on it just due to how uh, confident i felt in it uh next up is a fight doesn't go to decision prop that i lost on uh you know, kind of a similar situation. This fight did mainly take out take place on the feet. Sergio Pettis and Tyson Nam. I had 0.5 units at plus 230 odds on the fight. Doesn't go to decision. There were plenty of opportunities for a finish, just did not transpire. Uh, just based on the fact how these guys were fighting as well. Uh, so unfortunate L there. Um, next up, another L was uh, Carlos Huachin. I had him straight at 1.5 units at plus 133, and then I had a 0. 0.5 unit stab at plus 320 odds for him to win inside the distance. I thought that he was going to be able to outstrike uh, Jose Quinones here. Maybe not outstrike him, but at least land big enough bombs to hurt Quinones and then finish him. However, Quinones had a massive performance himself, uh, and he comes out with the victory there, so that's minus two units on that play, uh, on those two plays put together. Uh, next up was a parlay between Claudio Puelos, who went out there and did what he's supposed to do, except, you know, get the finish, which is what he should have. However, I uh, parlayed it straight with Irina Aldana, um, and I ended up getting a. Um, odds on that, whatever the fuck that translated to. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think minus 142 or something like that. Uh, But, uh, you know, I thought the fights played out exactly how I thought they would. Pueblos was going to get this victory uh, by, you know, grinding him out on the ground. I thought he was going to go for a submission or at least go for some sort of TKO, but he wasn't able to do that. Uh, And then Irina Aldana, you know, winning the fight how I thought she would, too, completely outstrike her opponent on the feet uh, and get that uh, victory. Next up, I had Ariane Carnelosi, 1.2 units at plus 123. I thought anybody against Angela Hill, who always makes her fights close, uh, is worth the bet, especially at plus money. And a girl that has the style of Ariani, which is, you know, the forward motion uh, and relentless pressure. But Angela Hill... Cuts her up with that beautiful elbow and gets the stoppage victory there. I know a lot of people whiffed on the fight. Goes to decision in that uh, bet, uh, or at least in that fight. So, uh, unfortunate for them. Uh, And then next up, let's go to the next two fights. Uh, I had a 1.25 unit bet at plus 107 on Carlos Spazor over Alexa Grasso. Super close fight, but I still had Carlos Spazor winning at least two of those rounds. Uh, And then we had my uh, main play on Jeremy Stevens, Two units. Uh... Yeah, two units at minus, man, I can't remember what it was, minus 106, minus 107. Uh, We obviously know what happened in that. Uh, I also had it inside the distance uh, one unit at plus 140 as well. I'm not sure why that's not showing up, but whatever. It would have been a push regardless. Uh, So like I said, we end up plus uh, 0,4 units on the event. Um, Yeah. We just got to get back to work for this vendor I already have a couple bets placed, um, which I will get into uh, later in this card. Also, Bellator two twenty eight going down this weekend. I'll make sure that I touch on those two fights as well between Juan Arceletto Patricio Pipple and Gegard Mousasi versus Leo Machado. Not getting super deep into those. Just quick thoughts as to why uh, I bet them. Uh, but first, I actually want to get uh, one thing that I did throw out there on Twitter is uh, you know taking listener questions. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a whole segment out of it per se, but I wouldn't mind answering specific questions that some people might have due to the fact that other people might want to actually hear the answer as well. So, um, I had one of my man, uh, one of my dudes. Fuck, I can't talk for some reason. It's kind of late. It's been a long day. Let's just put it that way. I'm trying to gonna I'm going to try not to yawn this whole fucking episode just for my man Kyle Marley, Kyle Marley if he still uh, watches the show. But um, yeah, I have my man. Uh, at Craig Christ, uh, underscore, um, <laughs> his, his Twitter handle currently is spy top collar Cloud seeker. My fucking man right there, uh, always changing up his name. It's hilarious. But, uh, his question was, uh, at what odds would you say minus one, uh, sorry, at what odds would you say a hundred percent, no matter how confident you are on someone, you cannot justify betting on them at all um one thing that I one line that I had on my mind uh, when I first started doing like this whole lock of the night thing is I would never want to wager um you know five units on anything worse than minus 350 um for me it's kind of just like a hypothetical number that I've thrown out there I I, I don't have specific reasoning as to why I have that you know I have seen people out there make uh, straight bets on people like uh you know a minus 495 on Irina Donna you just take a straight bet on them it, uh, people have their own uh, justifications and reasoning as to why they have a specific number that they, you know, cap at uh, for odds. Um, But in terms of my lock of the night plays, you know, I don't want to go over minus 250. It's been a long time since I've bet anything over minus 300 straight. Uh, But there are definitely some spots where I could do that. Um, I just want to give you guys a little bit more bang for your buck in terms of the better odds. Uh, I've been aiming for, you know, things better than minus 250. It's very rarely that I'll go above minus 250 nowadays. Um, I have for the upcoming Bellator card, but that is a prime, you know, example as to why I would bet over minus 250. Uh, But personally, if there's a a spot where I'm like, I got to go balls deep, uh, minus 350 is kind of my cutoff. Um, It's different for everybody else. Uh, It depends on your bankroll as well. It depends on what you feel comfortable with. Um, But if you want to be serious, uh, I would set a cap for yourself. And my personal one is minus 350. I hope that helps, Craig. Thanks for the question. hope to feel it a little bit more, um, in future episodes. So just hit me. I'll try to answer as best as I can, whether it pertains to a certain matchup on the card, or if it's just a general question, I would be happy to answer it for you guys as best as I can. All right, let's get into the quick, uh, thoughts for UFC Copenhagen, which goes down this weekend. There's a lot of intriguing fights. You know, again, this is one of those, um, MMA nerd questions, uh, or at least my MMA nerd cards, I should say. Um, you know, if you don't really, if you're not really too deep into the UFC roster, you're not going to lo- know a lot of these guys. But you know that in every matchup, there's something, uh, there's an intriguing, I- intriguing ingredient as to why it could be a fun fight, or at least why you want to see this problem solved and kind of see it play out. Um, you know, the UFC arrival of Jack Shore, who's been a huge prospect in the Cage Warrior scene, uh, he, a fun fight that should take pay- place mainly on the feet between Mark Diaz Casey and Lando Venata. Uh, Macy Chiasin, uh returning. Um should be a fun fight between Davis and Chikadze. Sierra uh, Badruzada against Ismail Nardiev is going to be a fucking banger of a fight. Uh, Di Chirico and Makhmudurov Um <sighs> Cowboy Oliver against Nicholas Dobby. I think that's a very fun fight as well. The return of Nicholas Dobby after getting cut. Um, Ovin St. Pru against the return of Lord Mihal Oleg Shejik. Love that guy. Um, Young Kutalaba against Khalil Roundtree should be a very fun fight, depending on how Khalil Roundtree chooses to approach that fight. Uh, Gilbert Burns stepping in on short notice against Gunny Nelson. Very, very tough fight for Gunny Nelson. Uh, Surprised he took the fight. And we'll see if Gilbert Burns can continue the streak of, you know, rattling off wins with uh, super short notice. Uh, UFC debut of Marco Madsen uh, against Danilo Danilo Beluardo. And then Jack Romanson obviously, in the main event against Jared Cattaneer. Feeling a little gassy. I apologize, guys. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, Jack Romanson coming off that big victory over Jacare Souza, taking on Jared Cannonier. Uh Rankings wise, doesn't really make the most sense. Um, but uh, especially you know what Jack Romanson coming off of a huge victory over Jacare, um, but he did want to headline this card in Denmark, and he wants to be kind of like a you know a, a forefather of the Danish MMA scene. Uh, and I think this is a good opportunity for him to do that and especially come out with a victory. So we'll get into that fight when I get down to that in the card. But let's just start off at the bottom of the card. Uh, Jack Shore against No Helen Hernandez. No Helen Hernandez last time around fought Marlon Vera, had a decent performance. Um, you know, he pretty much got owned for that first round. Was doing a lot of, uh, was making a lot of mistakes on the ground. Uh, you know, luckily for him, Marlon Vera wasn't able to really latch onto a choke or any type of submission to finish that. Uh, and then in the second round, or at least near the ending of the first round and beginning of the second round, he was really having his way on the feet against Marlon Vera. Uh, you know, was landing very well. Eventually, got this fight to the ground. Um, and was doing good work from there. Uh, he, you know, eventually let Marlon Vera up and something just switched and Vera, Vera fucking started coming forward, landing big shots, started swarming Hernandez, uh, landed a big knee, um, and then eventually tapped him out. Um, great performance by Marlon Vera. Um, and one thing that was kind of concerning in that fight, uh, you know, for No Helen coming into this fight with Jack Shore, uh, he's really got to pull back on his leg kicks. Um, he... I found that Marlon Vera was able to get him down with quite ease, uh, you know, with off of one of NoHelen's kicks. And I think that that's where Jack Shore really um, shines as well. He's really good at catching kicks and following up with takedowns. Uh, and once it gets to the ground, this guy's a, he's really good. You know, he has a pretty decent takedown defense, or at least he's able to like get back to his feet or find a reversal. Um but I don't think he's gonna to have to worry much about a takedown threat here from No Helen Hernandez, nor does he think he, nor do I think he has much to worry about once he gets to this this fight to the ground, which I think he'll be able to with much uh with relative ease, I should say. Um I like Hernandez is striking, but I don't think it's enough to wear out or at least uh, you know, keep a Jack Shore back. Um, the one thing about Jack Shore is he is kind of a slow starter. Um he did start pretty slow in his last fight against Scott Malone. Um and I think this time around with Hernandez, um, I think he's going to be able to go for the takedown relatively easy because Noah Helen's going to throw one of those kicks. Uh, Jack Shore should be able to catch it, get the single leg takedown, and then kind of grind on Noah Helen. Um, You Helen. Know, Jack Shore's striking has kind of gotten better in his couple in his last couple fights. Uh, he's very quick with his hands. He still has to work on his combinations a little bit, but his one-tour are very crisp and straight. Um, I think he wins this fight mainly with his grappling. I think he... Uh, I'm going to say that he wins this fight via via decision. Or at least, you know what? I'm going to say third round TKO. I think he wears out now Helen, eventually gets him down in the third round, and then TKOs him. Uh, would I bet him at the minus 170-ish range he's currently at? No. I, I have this thing about... Um, you know UFC debutants, it kind of almost stung me last time around with Asghar Asgarov, so I'm not going to really bite the bullet this time around and get that UFC debut uh bet with Jack Shore. But I am picking him to win, and I am picking him to win by third run. Uh, TKO next up, we got Lando Venata versus Mark D. A. Casey. I do have a bet on this fight with Mark D. Casey 2.5 units at minus 152. I think that's great value on a guy that I, I believe is leaps and bounds technically better than Lando Venata on the feet, uh, even though Lando is very, uh, you know, he's very smooth slash crazy and wild with his strikes. And I think that a more composed Mark D. Casey is going to be able to chop down the lead leg of Lando Venata, uh, which he has shown great uh, improvement in, especially in his last fight against Joe Duffy. I think we're going to see him kind of approach the fight the same way. Um, unlike a Noah Helen Hernandez, I think Mark Diacase does a lot better of a job bringing his feet back or at least his kicks bringing them back into his stance uh, to avoid any takedowns off of kicks. Um, we saw Lando Venado really implement his ground game last time around against uh, Marcos Mariano um, in a guy that has horrible takedown defense uh, and is easily able to get ridden out in most of his fights. And I think that, w- that was the easiest uh, path to victory for Lando Venado, who's coming off a rough stretch and, you know, miraculously got his... Um, His UFC contract renewed um, and then had that Marcos Mariano fight. Uh, But I think that he has a tough out here against Mark D. D Casey. Uh, Lando not not... (sighs) He showed a lot of promise in that Tony Ferguson fight, but you got to remember, you know, Tony Ferguson is a very wild striker himself and leaves his chin exposed more often than not, too. So, Lando Venato was able to land a couple of times there, and I think that really exaggerated the value that he, he had coming into the UFC, which is why people were really high on him. Uh, and I think that his true form has really been showing in his last couple of fights. And I think that Martier Casey, overall, the better fighter. Um, is going to completely dismantle Lando Veneta, uh and probably go for a decision victory. I think he t- plays it safe, chops down Lando Venera's lead leg, and then eventually just continues to to outpoint him on the feet for the rest of the fight. So I'm taking uh, Mark D. Casey. I do have a bet on him at point. Or sorry, 2.5 units at minus 152. He is currently sitting at uh, roughly around the minus 152ish range. So I would highly bet him even up to like minus 170ish, minus 175. I think he has a lot of value on him. So I'm taking Markie KC by decision. Next up we have Macy Kiasan against Lena Landsberg. Um I'm going to be quick about this fight. Macy Kiasin is looking like a wrecking ball. Her last couple of fights, you know, against Sarah Marais, she was kind of getting grinded out for roughly about four minutes. Then eventually got that uh, reversal and then pounded on Sarah Marais. Did not get the finish that round. But in the second round, she ended up finding the finish and completely destroying Sarah Marais. This girl... Looks like she has a lot of potential. She's still very green, and I think that a fight against Lena Landsberg is kind of perfect for her in this time, this time in her career. Should she be a minus four hundred favorite? I'm not. I don't think so. I think closer to minus three hundred, which is still a solid favorite. But I think that she, you know, Lena Landsberg is going to have the veteran experience here over her, um, and a lot more. um, You know, she does have a lot more cage time. Uh, She's been in the tougher fights. She's had a lot more adversity. Uh, and I think that she's going to give Macy Kiasson the most adversity she's seen in her fights. However, I think Macy Kiasan still wins this with her strength, uh, with her takedowns. Uh, you know, just she is so powerful in the clinch. And that's where Lena Landsberg does her best work as well. So if as long as Macy Kiasen kind of tries to avoid the elbows as much as possible, because I really think that was a turning point in that Tawny Evinger fight. Once she really split up Evanger, Evenger kind of seemed demoralized. She did come back and have a little bit of a, a decent showing in a little bit of that, that first half of that second round. But But then Lena Landsberg was able to come back and and turn the tide once again. Um, I think that Macy Kiasin is going to be able to get a finish in this fight. Probably second round uh, submission. Uh, But I think it's going to be a little bit harder than it should be for somebody who's currently sitting around the minus 400 range. So I, I just don't feel comfortable putting her in a parlay. I see a lot of people parlaying her. And um Oleg Shajukuk, uh, I just don't like Kiyasen a, as a parlay piece here. Uh, I still think she has a little bit to prove, but this is definitely going to tell us a lot about the type of fighter that Miesi Kiyasen is, uh, as this will be the first fight I think she sees the most adversity and we see if she really has heart. Um, so I am ta- taking Kiyasen to win by second round sub um or sorry, yeah, second round submission, uh, but it's going to be a lot tougher than it should be. All right, next up, Giga Chikadze against Brandon Davis. Brandon, I don't know how the fuck you make 135 pounds. Davis is coming in this fight, coming into this fight uh, after a split decision loss to Kyung Ho Kong. I had Kong in that fight. I'm pretty certain. Um, you know, glad he got the victory, but it was a very close fight. And we've shown, we've seen how powerful and uh, vicious Brandon Davis actually can be at this weight class. Uh, I think Giga Chikadzi um, you know, probably has the mo- craziest record in terms of his opponent's uh, accumulator record. I think it's ridiculous. It did, like four wins and 40 or 30 something losses, which is fucking crazy. Uh, so, this is definitely going to be the most talented and experienced guy that he's fought. Um, and I think he's going to have some trouble. I think, you know, obviously. J- Giga coming from glory and his kickboxing background, uh, he's going to want to keep this fight on the feet. But I think that Brandon Davis is going to have a an easy time getting Giga down, um, implementing a heavy top game and kind of grinding out a decision victory that way. Um, but the 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 time from him getting from striking to grappling range is going to be interesting. I think that Giga does have the. The the skills to land on Brandon Davis when he does close the distance, but you guys know me. I always try to favor the, the grappler in these situations, and I think that Brandon Davis does a good enough job closing the distance to get a hold of Giga and get him down. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Brandon Davis by decision, uh, and he's going to ground out Giga for three rounds. Well, the line is c- kind of close, but this is a dog or pass fight, and I just don't feel confident enough in the dog in Giga here to bet. Um, him at plus money. All right, next up, CR Bahadurzada against Ismail Nardiev. Uh, This should be a really fun fight. Um, I am very interested in betting the under here. Uh, The the fight doesn't go to decision currently sits at uh, minus 110, uh, which means that they'll more than likely set the over/under on this fight at minus, or sorry, at uh, over/under two and a half. If they do do that, I will probably bet the under two and a half on this. I think that will get at least a plus 140, plus 150 on that, um, or at least plus 135. I'd even take a poke on it at. Uh, but I think that with both of their styles, even though they've gotten a decision to cut in the last couple of fights for both of them, uh, they both kind of like the the. Steven Peterson or Martin Bravo fight. These guys want to keep the fight on the feet. These guys want to strike. Ismael is a little bit more elusive with the striking. Not the most elusive, but a little bit tries to, you know, not get hit more than CR gets hit. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but I think that CR, you know, he always has a crazy left hand, and he could definitely um, put people out. Um, I think he has the power to put a guy like Nardiev out. Um, but I think that Ismael also has the opportunity to hurt uh, CR as well. You know, CR is definitely getting up there in age. Uh, He's never been finished, which is why it's probably or at least never been finished by strikes, which is why I think the fight doesn't go to decision is where it is. But, um, you know, he's 35. He's relatively inactive. um, And I think they both throw with a lot of power. Um, If I were to say somebody's gonna get knocked out, it's probably Ishmael, but I don't feel confident enough in the one-dimensional game of a CR Bahadurzada to be confident that he's gonna land that finishing strike. I think Ishmael will be able to land that finishing strike, um, but it's gonna be hard for CR to land uh, punches on him. I understand why the under two and a half is gonna be plus money, Uh, So I'm definitely obviously going to poke that once I get that. But in terms of betting this fight, I'm I'm not going to bet either side. But I will bet the under once that comes out. And again, it's kind of tentative on if they actually set it at 2.5. If they set it at 1.5, I would look more so at the fight doesn't go to decision. But even that, I wouldn't want to bet on until it's at least at plus money. So under 2.5 if we can get that. Um, And in terms of an official pick, I'm going to take CR. Fuck it. I'll take CR by finish um, in the first round. All right. Next up, we got Alessio Di against um, the the debuting Mahmoud Muradov, uh, the first ever fighter f- signed to the Money Team, aka Floyd Mayweather's management team, I guess. Uh, let's start off with Alessio Di He's coming off a decision loss to Kevin Holland in a fight that he thought he won. Definitely didn't think he won that fight. You're uh, supposed to fight Peter Sabata this time around. However, Sabata gets hurt and in steps Muradov on relatively short notice. Um, De decent fighter, not the best. Uh, decent striking. Showed great leg kicks in his fight against Julian Marquez. Um, I think he's going to want to try to keep this fight on the feet, as I don't think he'll be able to be- get down Muradov. Uh, I think Muradov has the advantage on both the feet and the ground. I can see why he's the favorite. Um, I may, I may put him in a parlay. This is the one that I had. I was gonna probably put him in a parlay with, uh, with uh, Jack Hermanson. Uh, however, it all kind of depends on if I get the over, or sorry, the under two and a half line on the uh, last fight that we just spoke about, Bahadurzada and Nardiev. Um, if I if they end up somehow saying that over under to one and a half, I might look at making a Muradov and uh, Hermanson parlay here, maybe for a one point five or two units. Uh, I am picking Muradov to win. I think he's going to be able to get Chirico down and kind of hold him down and and maybe even get a submission. Uh, but I could also see him winning this fight by uh, decision as well. Um, very experienced guy. You know, this is one of the few fighters that come into the UFC with more than, you know, 25 fights. This guy's sitting at 28 fights, which is crazy. Uh, but he's beaten uh, former UFC fighters in Wendell Oliveira and Alberto Uda in his last fight. Uh, but I think that uh, he'll have the advantage here. I think that he'll give Alessio de Chirico his second straight loss. Uh, and I might make him put him in a parlay. I wouldn't even be mad if anybody bet him straight at the minus 145 his range. You know, great grappling, great uh, decent striking, uh, but I think he'll have a lot more of an advantage if he takes his fight to the ground and controls D there. So I'm taking Muradov by, let's say, decision. All right, next up we have Alan Amadovsky versus John Phillips. This fight is almost out of pick a -1 -125 is range for Alan Amadovsky. Uh I'm not a big John Phillips fan. You know, he's like the he is like the uh the everyday average joe type of man that just wants to come out there and slang leather. Um I think he's going to have a hard time keeping Amadovsky off him. I think Amadovsky is going to try to get this fight to the ground as soon as he can. Um Whoa, I am not sure what that sound is in the back. Hopefully it's not too uh, annoying, (laughs) goddamn. Either way, uh, I think Amodovsky is going to get the takedowns repeatedly here. He's going to wear out John Phillips and then eventually get the finish closer in, I'd say, the end of the second round. I'm going to take Amodovsky by TKO. Not too much to go into that fight. There's no super technical thing you can really say about John Phillips other than he's uh, pretty fucking... uh, He's pretty... One-dimensional with the striking. That's it. All right. Next up, we got Alex Oliveira versus Nicholas Dalby. I like Nicholas Dalby here. Uh, I have an underdog bet on him, one unit at plus 138. I think it was. Um, I think overall he's a better fighter than Alex Oliveira. I think he has more heart as well. I think he has the the ability to grind out in Alex Oliveira here. Um, Oliveira is still very dangerous, but I think he's definitely fallen off. Um, you know, losing his fight to Oh, uh, sorry. Losing his fight to Mike Perry showed a lot about his heart. Uh, you know, I think overall he's a better fighter than Mike Perry, but the, you know, forward pressure and, and the relentlessness of a Mike Perry really broke Alex Cowboy Oliveira. And I think that Nicholas Dalby has that grinding ability and that knack to break people. Uh, and I think he'll be able to do the same at uh, to Alex Oliveira. I think that uh, he's very worthy of a beta above, you know, plus 130. Um... You know he's may, he's coming back to the UFC after a couple of fights off. Uh, he has that draw with Darren Till. Um, I trust his chin. You know I think that he won't he won't get knocked out here. Um, he's never been finished in his career. He's taken some big shots from opponents in the past. Uh, even his fight against Ross Houston, I think he was winning that fight up until they stopped it because there's way too much blood on the mat, uh, which was one of the crazier fights. So if you've never seen Nicholas Dalby against Ross Houston, I would highly suggest watching that fight. Um, yeah, blood works. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I i, I like Dobby's uh, knack of getting takedown. Uh he does well in the clinch. Um yeah, I, I gotta take Dobby here, especially at Dog Odds. So I'm taking Dobby, I'm gonna say by uh by decision. Next up we have my lock of the night play, which is Mihal Ohal versus uh Ovin Saint Prue. So I have five units on Mikhail Olekshejak at minus 224. I was very happy to get that line on him. Uh, this guy is an up-and-comer in the uh, in the light heavyweight division. You know, uh, it doesn't seem like he cuts much weight. Um, he's 14 and two. He's strong together. what is it three, six, nine, uh, 11 straight wins? Especially after a, a monumental victory over uh, Gadzarad Antigulov in his last fight. 44 seconds where he just completely murked Antigulov. Antigulov was uh, coming in with such a reckless game plan of trying to close the distance and trying to get his hands around Oleg Shajak. But Oleg Shajak did a very good job of uh, landing while moving backwards. And I think that he'll have the same success here against Ovin saint pru You know, saint Pru isn't the greatest technical uh, striker. He has decent kicks. He has good range. uh, But... Uh, I think he's going to want to get this fight to the ground if he's going to have any success. I think he has a decent opportunity of uh, potentially submitting Mihailo Oleg Shejak, but I think he's not going to be able to get it to that uh that position. I think that uh, Oleg Shejak just like he showed in the Gadzrad fight, uh Gadzi Murad fight, uh you know, strikes very well moving backwards and I think he'll have success landing on Open Saint And I think that even if he doesn't finish this fight in the first round, he'll be able to overwhelm over in Saint Prue, who has shown a, a A lack of cardio and his gas tank is very much diminished in this era of his career Uh, and I think that Oleg Sheik is going to be able to put on this performance or a good pace and striking uh, pressure for three solid rounds but I think it's only going to take him two and a half uh, or less than two rounds Uh, so I don't feel confident in betting the over-under on this card uh, or on this fight but I truly believe that Oleg Shejuk is going to get the finish some point in this fight. So I'm taking Oleg Shejuk by, I'm going to say, second round TKO. Overall, uh, I was over in St. Prue Shows off his beautiful body work as well. Uh, really sucks it out of uh, OSP and then eventually gets to finish late round two. And that's why he's my lock of the night play. All right, next up, uh, we have a dog of the night player here. Ian Kutelaba against Khalil Roundtree. Uh, I got cl- uh, 0.75 units on Ian Kutelaba at plus 160 odds. Um, He is still currently the dog. uh, Oh, wow. The line is really closing. Plus 108. Now for Ian Kutilaba. Let's see what the um, inside the distance is. Inside the distance is still at plus 160. So um, I think you would be stupid to bet this fight uh, or at least to bet Ian Kutilaba straight here because I think his only real path to victory is uh, inside the distance. So I would definitely put uh, the money on the inside, the distance for a young Kutalab if he's going to win this. Um, otherwise, uh, a straight bet on Khalil Rountree isn't too bad considering how close the odds have gotten and kind of the type of Khalil that we saw last time around. Um, with that said, I don't want to strictly say that Khalil is now this, you know, amazing fighter just because he showcased great striking against Eric Anders, who, you know, he has some knockout victories on his record, but he's not the most uh, technical and, and best striker per se, uh, but Khalil Roundtree really put on a technician of a performance against uh, Eric Anders last time around, really implemented his leg kicks, uh, destroyed Eric Anders' legs, um, and he looked great, you know, it looked like Khalil 2.0 almost. Um, but I'm not sold on, on it until I see a, a little bit more from him. Kind of like I was talking about Mesa Kiaslan earlier in this podcast. Um, you know, I'm not going to base it off of, you know, one fight per se, or at least one level of opponent. Uh, but if Khalil Ranchu is able to come in and implement the same type of game plan against Ian Kutalaba... I think he's capable of it, you know, but I don't know if he will. And I I still am suspect about his chin. I think Ian has the power to put out a Khalil Rontri. So I am kind of banking on him to to land that knockout shot. Um, But I think he has a round and a half to do it. Um, I think by that point, if Khalil is really Thailil, as people call him, um, he will have uh, the success in implementing his leg kicks early, Um, And then, you know, midway through the fight or at least, you know, seven and a half minutes into the fight, it will be implemented enough for him to really break his game. Uh, And Ian Kutalawa may have um, emptied his gas tank enough by that as well for Khalil to kind of run away with the fight. But I do think there is value on, on Ian Kutalaba inside the distance at plus 160. Um, I think if he lands on Khalil clean enough, he has the power to knock out Khalil. And we'll really get to see how much uh, progression Khalil's chin has actually made um, in this fight. So I'm taking Kutalaba. I'll still take him to win first round TKO or, T- or let's just say KO. I think he puts Khalil clean out. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Kutalaba first round KO. And uh, if Khalil comes back as, as Ty Liu in this fight without getting knocked out, then I'll be a little bit more sold on Roundtree. Alright, next up we got Gunnar Nelson versus Gilbert Burns. Um, man, if there was one guy I was on... Uh, highly before they came into the UFC. It was definitely Gunnar Nelson. I knew about this guy way before he made his UFC debut back in uh, 2012. I was very high on the guy, you know, brilliant jujitsu, an interesting karate style and striking. Uh, that it will make it very difficult for a lot of guys to get a hold of him, but a lot of people have had success with him now. You know, Rick Story was able to get a hold of him and control him. Damien Maya, obviously the better jiu-jitsu practitioner, you know, was riding his back for 15 minutes but couldn't get the submission. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, say what you want about a potential eye poke in that fight. Um, And then Leon Edwards, you know, very interestingly, going for the takedown in that first round and riding out that first round and not really getting a finish or not getting tapped by Gunny, um, yeah, I think we've seen a diminished uh, version of Gunnar Nelson over the seven years that he's been in the UFC, and I think that Gilbert Burns on the other side is kind of on a different traje- trajectory, and I think that he has the ability to get the win over Gunnar Nelson here, and it kind of hurts to say that. Um, the odds are slightly getting better on Gilbert Burns, but I think if it gets to like a dead pick 'em, I might make a small play on Gilbert Burns. Uh, he's turned it around with his striking. He's beaten more complete fighters, at least in my opinion, uh, in his... In his career against uh, Olivier CA. Uh, The Mike Davis fight was very interesting. Uh, super short notice against Alexei Kunchenko and coming in there and, and getting the victory over a guy that was 20-0 at that time. Um, you know, I think he's going to have more success here against Gunnar Nelson. I think he's going to land the power shots on the feet. And I think he has the wrestling to get this fight to the ground. And my man, Kenny Florian, Uh, He knows a shit about jiu-jitsu, at least in terms of rankings and how these guys match up with each other. And he's saying that Gilbert Burns is leagues ahead of Gunnar Nelson. And uh, I'm not going to say that he's going to submit Gunnar Nelson here. But I think that if he ever gets to the ground, he's going to be able to hold his own. Maybe get some reversals. Maybe pull a Damian Maya. I'm not sure. But I think even his advantage on the feet here, um, I don't think he's going to take too much from Gunnar Nelson's karate style. I think that he's going to put the pressure on Gunny, Make him uncomfortable uh, and win this fight. Um, How, I'm going to say by decision, I think that Gunnar Nelson is still very durable even though he lost to Santiago Ponzanibio by finish. I still think he's a very durable guy, Um, but I'm taking Gilbert Burns here and it really fucking hurts to say that just because I I love Gunnar Nelson. But I think that he's slowly on his way out and Gilbert Burns is going to get another um, short notice victory here. Uh, over Gilbert or over Gunnar Nelson, uh, and again, if it gets around the minus 115ish range, I might take a bet on Gilbert Burns. Uh, but as of right now, it's kind of a stay-away fight for me. Uh, but I, again, I would not be mad if you bet on Gilbert Burns at the minus 130, minus 132ish range he's currently sitting at. But yeah, I'm going to take Gilbert Burns by decision. Next up, we got the UFC debut of Mark Olympian Madsen, eight and zero, huge huge, huge uh, resume in the Olympic scene with his wrestling, with his Greco-Roman wrestling. Very strong. He makes no bones about it. He goes into the fight, tries to get the takedown as soon as possible, grind guys out, look for submissions, look for the TKO, uh, but he's always looking to, to dominate from on top. Um, on the other hand, you have Danilo Beluardo, who kind of has the same type of game plan. But he doesn't have the pedigree that a Mark Madsen does, which is why he's such a huge favorite in this fight. Minus 650, you know, I, I, I can't I can't stomach, uh, you know, parlaying a guy that's that juiced. Uh, but he should have absolutely no issue here. I don't think it's going to be much more than a grapple fest for Mark Madsen. I think he gets the TKO finish as well. I'm going to say second round. Um, but I think he arrives, you know, in front of his Denmark crowd as well as Danish crowd. Uh, and it's going to be great for him. All right. Jack Hermanson. So I did fuck this up. Jack Hermanson is actually from Norway. Uh, he reps Norway, born in Sweden. So he's actually not from Denmark. I'm not sure why I said that, but he is representing that Scandinavian scene, which still falls into Sweden, Norway and Denmark and those guys. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I should say Scandinavian fighter, not Danish fighter, but Big, big spot for Jack Hermanson here. You know, coming in against Jared Cattonier, Uh He's coming off that big victory over Ronaldo Souza uh, in a fight that he came in at a short notice. So if you remember, Jack Ray was actually supposed to fight all Romero that night. However, Romero had to pull out. In steps Jack Hermanson, in a fight that Jack Souza probably thought he was going to come in and handedly win. However, Jack Hermanson comes in here, shows off his grappling, his top-heavy game, great uh, wrestling himself, uh, one of the better guys and one of the better top Mount guys, as well. Um, you know, that's one thing he's been trying to pride himself on ever since he lost to Thiago Santos. He goes, I have the best top game, I need to come into these fights and show it. And show it, he fucking has. Um, I think this massive advantage that he has over Jared Cannonier in this in the, in the grappling realm is going to be enough to get him the victory here. I don't believe in Jared Cannonier, you know, Cannonier can be taken down, yes. And he has a great get-up game, but I don't think he has fought anybody with the with the top pressure of a Jack Romanson and even the cardio of a Jack Romanson too. I think Jack Romanson is able to do this for five rounds if he needs to. However, I don't think he's going to need all five rounds. I think he's going to get Jared Cannoneer down. I think he's going to be able to find a submission of some sort. Um, yeah, I I think it is obviously going to be dangerous for Jack Romanson as long as this fight stays on the feet, because Cannoneer definitely has knockout power. But um, I only feel comfortable uh, parlaying Jack Hermanson here. I don't feel comfortable betting him straight. Uh, earlier this month, I did tease out a double lock of the night play type of night for uh, UFC Copenhagen. However, you know, th- with the with the with the speed, explosiveness, and one punch knockout power ability of a Jared here, it's kind of making me a little bit hesitant on Jack Manson. However, I am not um, mad at potentially parlaying him uh, with, like I said earlier in the fight, earlier in the night with a uh uh, Mahmoud Muradov, uh, you know, minus 147, minus 234 at plus 140 is not bad. Uh, maybe drop 1.5 units or two units on that, but I'm going to wait a little bit closer to the fight, see what kind of, how the odds shift out, um, and also how, see if I get the over under two and a half on CR and Ishmael. So I am going to take Jack Romanson by third round TKO. I think he gets takedowns uh, relatively easy, and then by the third round, ja- uh, Jared Cannonier won't be able to get up as easily as he would be in the as he would in the first round and a half or so. And then Jack Romanson really implements his top game, pounds out Jared Cannonier on the feet, and gets the uh, third round TKO. Um, and I think he wins via that, plain and simple. I love Jack Romanson here. I think it's about time he gets a you know, maybe uh, Apollo Costa, uh, Calvin Gaslam. I know Gaslam scheduled to fight uh, Darren Till. Maybe he gets the winner of that fight. Uh, I think that would be a great fight for him, but he definitely should get a title shot um, if he wins his next fight. I truly believe he's going to win this fight. I think uh, depending on the matchup that he gets next right, next time around, should be top five uh, and that should cement him for a title shot in that middleweight division. But I think he's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, one of the most crushing top games, uh, one of the best wrestling in, in that division as well well, um, and I truly believe in him. I think he wins this fight and I will potentially parlay him. So that's pretty much it for UFC Copenhagen. Big event um, for the local crowd there. Uh, Big prospects in Jack Manson, Mikhail Oleg uh, the return of Nicholas Dobby. Very excited for the card. I'm probably going to miss it. Uh, It is the last weekend that us Torontonians can go to Wonderland, which is our amusement park up here, which is probably one of the best amusement parks in Canada, actually. Um, I bought a fucking ticket in August. Haven't been able to go and I have it valid until the end of September and this weekend is the last weekend of September so I'm going to try to make as much use of that as possible. So all Saturday I'm probably going to be out. I will probably catch up on the fights later that night so I will follow up with you guys then in terms of the fights. Um, Yeah, Tape Index uh, is actually on my website for this week as well. It will go back to Newsom's website next week for UFC 232, 233, 234, whatever the fuck we're at. Um, but until then, you guys can check it out, mmalotn.ca slash tape dash index. Uh, as well, you guys can find all my pics there. Um, and that's about it. I got to get the fuck to the gym because it closes very soon. And I'm trying to stay on this fucking schedule of Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then a cardio day in there somewhere. Um, and today is Wednesday, so it is the beginning of my workout week. Can't miss today. All right, I'm done. We're through. I'm out. Peace.